This is the Doctor Who podcast. You are most welcome. When shall we three meet again in Thunder, Lightning or in the campervan? In this episode of the Doctor Who podcast, the three old men will be talking about, well, pretty much everything. Welcome to another episode of the Doctor Who podcast. And last week we had Cybermen returning and we had Ian returning. We had Stephen who got stuck in a camper van. This week we have Tom returning. Hello, Tom. Welcome back to the camper van. Hello, hello. Yes, calm yourselves. Calm yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we've heard various thoughts from you, Tom, but uh, we haven't been able to jump in, interrupt, insult, or argue with you. No. So, um, <laughs> it must have been quite uh, refreshing for you, I suppose. Well, it's, it's been interesting. It, it's, it, it is a bit one-sided, um, having not, not getting the opportunity to defend um, what is in the main reckless optimism about the show. But yeah, it, 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 yeah it's, well, it's nice to be sat here um, do, do, doing the same old dance. Hello, chaps. It's nice to see you both. Hear you both. Yes. <laughs> well, let, let's, let's ask you the obvious question then um as we're recording this the only episode of this season that we haven't seen yet is the finale mm. what have you made of it brilliant absolutely brilliant i mean there's two ways of approaching there's two ways of approaching of approaching season 7b if you like you, you can you can look at it in in a single story by story basis which I, which i know a lot of people do and i like to do that or you can regard it as one as the, like it's the dalek master plan which i which i also like to do i.e. that there's a there's a longer story being told now some people i know would rather have the self-contained version but i love it um matt's finally into a doctor costume i'm not sure whether or not i like the doctor costume if i'm totally honest um but his performance is, is definitely is definitely a lot strong is he's definitely the doctor right now he, it, it's great the new tardis set is fantastic very old and new at the same time jenna i've i've got some issues with jenna but the character's great too um i've really i've really enjoyed it even episodes which i thought i'm not sure about that to begin with um on second watching tend to come tend to come around and even 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 my least favorite episode of this season which is the rings of akhenaten um isn't as bad <laughs> yes. as the worst doctor who i've ever seen and we're not going down that road again um but no, it's been really, really good. And, and i i and i loved 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 um, Nightmare in Silver last week. It was absolutely great. I mean, <laughs> in fact, I, I drove. As you know, we get to see these things a little bit earlier, and I, I was I was driving around that morning, uh, the morning after seeing it, just cheering and chattering away to myself. Yes, I'm a Doctor Who fan. Why am I a Doctor Who fan? Because episodes like Nightmare in Silver exist. Um, it 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 was it was it was Earth Shock. It was Brain of Morbius. It was fantastic. I loved it. I I haven't quite listened to all of the review episode yet, but my understanding is that it didn't go down so well with some of you. Well, I I, I think that may be considered to be a slightly different view uh, to the occupants of the caravan last week. Right. Yes. Um, um, but but I think it's true to say this episode has polarised fandom like no other. And uh, people were talking about Akatan um, earlier on this <laughs> year, saying how how polarising that was and how it brought out some fairly fairly benign different opinions. People weren't 
passionate about it and other mm. people weren't vociferous in their criticism either. Whereas Nightmare in Silver, you've got people who are eulogising, saying it's a fantastic episode, it looks brilliant, etc. There's everything fantastic about it. Mm. And you can't find any medium ground. You have to go all the way to the other end of the scale to find people, well, frankly, probably like me, who <laughs> detested it as a Doctor Who episode. And uh, it's just interesting. I, I think this particular episode is so divisive and it, it's also strange because the media have been very divided on this as well the official reviews even yeah. the national newspapers um again the, the same thing is true there was a report from someone in the radio times fairly recently yeah who who laid into it in in a way that made me sound like i quite liked it so. <laughs> I, read, I read that review and it slated it but again but again it, it, it comes down do people want um, some dense brecht fable do they do they want something do they want something covered in blood do they want game of thrones or do they want doctor who um i know i, I know some people may not have may not have liked the children um the story itself was very quick i, I know that the I, I know that some of the characters might seem light if you like but if you know your who history and you can just accept it for well okay let me let me rephrase that i i i, I, I accept it for what it is on the basis of, of my of, the, of my doctor who history i love the brain of morbius feel to it i loved the um enemy of the world feel to it particularly with the you know with the, with the cyber controller inside the doctor's head um the idea of the doctor playing uh, or the lead actor playing two characters is not a new one in doctor who and it's nice to see it in the new series um again uh, you know it's it, it not quite as um obviously separated as uh, what was that um the family of blood um and, but hmm. I, but 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 i think if, if you could hang on to it my, my personal feeling is if you could hang on through it then uh, matt smith's performance was very very good it got better as it went a lot it got better as it went along i have to say um I, the only thing which concerned me a little bit was the whole Jenna um, companion loves the Doctor thing again, again. Well, but aside, but aside from that, the, Cyber, the Cybermen were the Borg. The Cybermen were RoboCop. You know, they, they are the they are the first. They, they are they are they, they do exist inside that continuum. And I love them for that. I love the fact that they can upgrade nice and quickly. That makes them scary. I love the idea that um, we got to. And Frank, I, I won't lie. I love the idea that I got to see um, all all eleven people, <laughs> all eleven faces of the Doctor in. There. Uh-huh. Um, and I loved, uh, and I, well, I actually loved, I really liked uh, Matt Smith's impersonations of Eccleston. Uh, tenant, uh, and of course of his ba- and of his bad self. But, but, but I, I, I know that Doctor Who fans are, are, diff- are notoriously difficult to please. But I've got to say, I was I was pleased. I liked it. It was a bit Earthshock. It was a bit Brain of Morbius. It was a bit old. It was a bit new. Um, and if and, and the real darkness, the real scarifying, I think happens next week, as most of North America already knows. <laughs> yes, it does indeed. <laughs> but certainly, you hit on the two things that uh, I, I did find. Um, likeable about Nightmare and Silver. The support, the supporting cast. I mean, I thought that was James Corden for a long while, and I really like the effect as well. I mean, here's the thing: I mean, when when I watch Earthshock, because I do like every two or three months, um, I, I I look at it and I think, oh, and I'm, and I, I'm I'm kind of upgrading the graphics as I go. But no, Nightmare and Silver was fantastic. I think it's going to stand up quite well. He said, and I'll watch it in two years' time and think this looks old. But yeah. it, 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 James Corden. 
Well, yeah, I thought Warwick Davis looks nothing like James Corden. <laughs> no, what are you talking about. Cl- well, yeah, you're absolutely right. He doesn't. But I was thinking maybe the the um, the, the, um, the portly fellow who looked a bit like James Corden. Yes, yeah, so it's the Corden. one. It's the one my wife thought was Barry from EastEnders, <laughs> and I spent five minutes saying, "No, it's not. It's definitely not." <laughs> well, f- well, fair play. I mean, I've learned the lesson: do not go into the rate threads on Gallifrey Base just after something is aired. And but you're right. I've never. I've not seen it quite so split. No, it's it's and it's it's passionate as well. It's the emotion that it seems to have drawn out. And uh, I have to admit, as I said, there were very very few things that I liked about that episode. But uh, mm. the more I talked about it, the more I disliked it. And it's it's one of the only episodes of Doctor Who ever that for me has absolutely zero rewatch value. Wow, um, I, I I tried, <laughs> I really did try. Um, I I just couldn't uh, I couldn't deal with watching Matt talk to himself again. Um, and I I know it's a rumor, but I understand that Matt Smith had a major blow up in his first tantrum during the filming of that episode, and that allegedly was purely because he was so frustrated with the script, <laughs> because well. he basically carried the whole well the, the second half of the episode was exclusively him, and and the direction didn't assist because every time there was a switch between pers- persona, there was this big swoosh or something like that and he, you know he had to do some physical movement as well which just seemed very orchestrated and I, I it just didn't work for me I think it either worked or it didn't work and it depends on the kind of Doctor Who that you like and for me this this certainly wasn't my cup of tea well that, that works I mean Trev I mean what did you think I'm hoping that the nostalgia aspects of it actually drew you in well I'm on record in the last episode saying you know I wasn't as passionately against it as James was. Nobody could be as passionately <laughs> against it as James was. But um, I, I did like a lot of the new Cybermen stuff. I loved the fast Cybermen. I mm. loved the wonderful athletic look they had. I thought the kids were terrible. I thought they should be um, quietly disposed of or maybe even cybernized, perhaps. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't that thrilled with the story. I, I think what a lot of people are disappointed in is because it was a Neil Gaiman script. And after The Doctor's yeah. Wife, everyone was going, oh, my goodness, Neil Gaiman's coming back. Neil Gaiman's coming back. This is going to be another classic. And then we got Nightmare and Silver. I, I honestly think that if any other writer pretty much had written this story, it would have been received just that little bit better because it didn't have that baggage, you know, sort of dragged along with it. I mean, Gaiman's been tweeting a lot about this episode as well and certain scenes that seem to be absent because the viewers are asking him, well... You know, why did this happen? Why didn't the children sleep in a TARDIS, for instance? And he said, no, I did write that scene, but it was cut from the final episode. And mm. others have been saying, well, how much was cut? And he came back with a response saying, lots. <laughs> well, um, he, he also said the children were originally supposed to be the children who were in the snowman, uh, the Christmas special. But that was changed. I don't know whether it was last minute or not. And, and even Ed Russell, who's the brand manager for Doctor Who, tweeted that he wished Stephen, Stephen Moffat had polished this episode. So right. it sounds to me as if this episode was given entirely to Gaiman and it was just produced as, as per the script he turned in. Right. See, this, this chimes in with something that I'd heard, which was that with the Doctor's wife, there was a good... Uh, a quite a good relationship going on between the writer and the script editor, where, and 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 there was maybe uh, less so. There was, there was maybe less time for that process to take place this time around because mm. all the things which make it a Neil game and there's a, a liberal liberal applications of what can only be called magic and fantasy in there. Um, an introspection, certainly the idea of the Doctor being inside his head, which I loved. I mean, um, how, how invisible enemy is that? Um, but 
it, it does seem like it, there was there was a staying hand or as you say a polish that was maybe missing that was inside the doctor's wife because it's clearly the same writer but there was just a little there's something a bit disjointed about it but then again i've seen time lash i can cope with that <laughs> i i thought there was more <laughs> omega about it you know where he goes into his own reality in mm. um, the three doctors and then later on in uh, arc of infinity and yeah. i only picked that up you know when i thought about it a little bit more but the the debate, I think, must have been an extremely difficult thing for Matt Smith to do because it really stretched him, I think. Not not in terms of effort, but in terms of going places where he hasn't been before when personifying the Doctor. And yeah. I, I think it certainly gave him a good challenge. There's no question of that. But I'm not convinced he pulled it off as well as some other people who did enjoy that scene. Well, let, 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 let's let's be really really clear about this. The, you know, we, we've, there's been the reign of terror recently uh, from the first Doctor. Everyone should watch that because it's really really good. It is brilliant. Yes, definitely. Um, we talked about the enemy of the world again. Fant- again, fantastic. You mentioned the Ark of Infinity, um, <clears throat> and all of the and uh, sort of, certainly Family of Blood. And there's another story, another duality story, which is just on the edge of my consciousness that I'm missing. But oh. it's. It, it, okay. The ability of the lead actor to carry all to, to do this to play two roles is central to the central to this, and, I, and it just struck me that he that Matt Smith got it might be the editing because I'm sure these things are <clears throat> shot out of sequence, but it just seems he got better at it as the story went along. Um, and um, Midnight, that's what I'm thinking. It, it, you know, that's a he- oh, yes, yes, yes. that that's a heavy heavy story to carry in pretty much the same way. Um, okay, fair enough. It's only it's it's two personalities, but the way it's expressed is a lot more subtle and actually quite a little bit more frightening. I, I do wonder if David Tennant might have been able to do this a little bit more easily um, or convincingly <laughs> than um, than Matt Smith. But it was interesting to note um, Smith's take on Tennant, which is like sh- which is shouty Cockney bloke, uh, which is pretty much what a lot of uh, what a number of fans say about David Tennant's portrayal. But it was interesting to see the way he just turned into well, like like a, like a Cockney Barra boy uh, when he was trying to be <laughs> when he was supposed to be David Tennant. But uh, but yeah, I th- but, but 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 we'll see. It was it was clearly a challenge. It was clearly a challenge that um, uh, did, did he did he make it? Did he rise to it? Um, let's say yes. There are things about the episode that I liked less than <laughs> How his did performance. I know you'd say that. Tom? Well, yeah, because it, well, it, it, you were building up the anticipation there about did he do it well or not, as if you were ever going to say, nah, he was he was terrible. Well, do you know what? I, I, I wasn't sure about him in um, oh the Ice Warrior one, Cold War. Yeah, I wasn't sure about him in that. To be honest with you, he was not. Well, because it was a trap, because it was a trap story that was being played out by, um, uh, by, 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 by Matt Smith. I don't know. There was something a little bit out of character. In fact, that's probably what it was. It was probably it was written for Troughton, and there was Matt Smith delivering Troughton lines. I, I, it's funny actually, because I know what you mean about a slightly different performance in Cold War, and I think it's when Smith goes towards the eccentric yeah. end of his gauge. And I, yeah. I think that's that's usually seen. Or the two most obvious scripts that you can see that in are the two Gareth Roberts ones, um, Closing Time and The Lodger. Mm. And there are times when he becomes more and more energised. And I think Cold War, particularly at the beginning of that script, I mean, I, I actually watched it again last night, and it, it, it's so obvious when you look for it. You know, the Doctor just comes barreling out of the TARDIS. He clearly hasn't even considered looking at the scanner to see what's going on. He's got his sunglasses on, and he just shouts, Las Vegas. Um, and it's it, it's totally ridiculous in whatever way that you consider it. Even if you allow for the fact that the Doctor is keen on just walking out the TARDIS door and, you know, finding whatever he finds there. This was a little bit 
too far, I think. And then the exchange when he had his back to the Ice Warrior. Just a little yeah. bit too far-fetched and a little bit too comic for me. A bit too quippy. Hmm. I'll, go, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Um, but that said, I'm a Troughton fan. I liked I, I liked. <laughs> the only thing which was a bit dodgy, which I might have to watch again, was the realisation of the Ice Warrior. Um, you know, this, I, I know many people have said it. It's Dalek, but with the Ice Warriors. But when the helmet came off, I was, I was just a little bit disappointed. It's like, couldn't they look uh. a bit better? I, I, I weren't as disappointed. You know, the more they led up to that, I was thinking, what's this what's this creature going to look like? And when it, when the reveal was made, I was, I was okay with it. I could live with it. It wasn't terrible. That was my main concern. It was going to just look like some kind of CG monster in a, a traditional Ice Warrior outfit, you know? And it, it actually worked for me. The fusion of old and new seemed, seemed to work. Um. Trevor, you watch lots of science fiction. Um, did, did did that thing look like the like like the, like, like the puppet out of Farscape to you? Ah, uh, no, not really. I mean, I I had more War of the Worlds type feel in this story. Really, you know, the little aliens in their pods invading Earth. Okay. Um, I I wasn't. I mean, I mean the same with James. I wasn't really that worried by um, the way it ended up looking. I was probably a little bit disappointed mm-hmm. that it ended up being this ten- tentacled alien. It seemed a long way away from what I'm used to. Uh, Ice Warriors being like, but I, I wasn't a hundred percent perturbed by it. But no, I, I didn't get any Farscape puppet visions mm-hmm. at all. Sorry, Tom. Oh, fair play. It might just have been my screen, but hey, look, when Mark Gatiss is showrunner, then we'll get a lot more of it. So fair enough. <laughs> and I think that is just a matter of time. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure. One episode I wanted to ask you about, Tom, was the journey to the center of the TARDIS. Purely because so many fans were anticipating a TARDIS-bound story, what what did you make of it? I think if Gaiman if Gaiman had written that one, that would have been then it would have been even more brilliant than it actually was. There's something very strange going on with the Doctor's characterization there. I loved that he he seemed to veer between the, uh, the Fourth Doctor and the First Doctor, um, lying, scheming, devious. Um, I loved the interior of the TARDIS. I loved that. I, I loved the. Um, uh, the central, not what, not central. The, the circuit board room. I loved that. It was it, it, it was it was pleasingly magical. I mean, I don't. We don't want the tar- well. I don't particularly want the TARDIS to be um, uh, all antiseptic white corridors. I, I I quite liked the way it was realised. I, I didn't similarly. I didn't want it to be a a, a red brick swimming pool either. Um, the, the swimming pool was there. The <laughs> sense of the sense of collapse was there. The eye of harmony was interesting. It must be said. Um, not sure about the a very RTD ending with the. Um, with the, the big uh, reset button thing, yeah, exactly here mm. and exactly so. And I think, as I, as I might have mentioned, or well, I think I'm, I know I mentioned it to somebody, um, the idea that the Doctor can't travel along his own timeline except for in Journey, journey to the Center of the TARDIS, um, and I'm sure there, and I'm sure there will be some sort some get out clause there as well. But I enjoyed it. I mean, most most of this season, I've just been taking taking the show for what, taking the show on its own terms, and I know um, I should maybe be a bit more. Um, uh, a bit more demanding and a bit more challenging, but the, but Doctor Who is the one time where I, where I'm not really um, that challenging. Every so every so often, media brain gets switched on, but after that, it, it's it's magical. I mean, um, the other thing I think was interesting was the the use of uh, what you know what can only be descri- of of, uh, uh, of of black actors in the supporting cast. That was really that was really good. It was very interesting as well. I liked how um, the, the um, the theme of family came out there. Um, lying to members of your family to protect them, um, which which I which I. Th- which I th- think is something that's going to get all tied up 
in the coming oh, weeks. Protect them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, 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 it was protect. They, they liked him for protection. But go on, you're saying. You don't, no, no, that, that, that is all shades of wrong. That really is. What, lying to people to protect them? How does saying that he's an android protect him, honestly? Well, it, it, it's more it's more that broader stroke, really, that, that family, families do the most incredible things to, to themselves. Um, but yeah, there's an awful lot. Of, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to embarrass anybody or myself, actually, but yeah, I'm, I'm aware of a lot of lies that get told in families um, just for, for protection. You know, oh, you're, you're an android. You've forgotten everything. You used to be brilliant. Now you're stupid. The lie is you're an android. And you won't find out. And, and, you, and we're your brothers. We'll keep hold of you so we can look after you. There's a lot well, of they, they said They said this was a joke, though. They did it as a joke. Yeah. It was really? actually articulated. It, sounds like you're okay. it, it just seemed to it, me that they weren't altruistically motivated, and I think it. I mean, it, it's interesting. You mentioned um, this is the first time, one of the first times, certainly that we've seen a group of black actors together on screen. As it turned out, they're a family, so it makes sense. But the way that they showed only negative traits uh, in, in probably all all three characters, perhaps, perhaps with the sliver of of hope that the most prominent character had and I can't remember his name I'm afraid but where he was saying yeah perhaps there is a, a shred of decency in me and of course the story really is about how the doctor draws that out and changes the lives for for the better um in in the future I, and I appreciate that but I, I just felt that you know that they, they were criminals uh, they weren't particularly likable I felt two of the three were really quite poor acting as well it just <laughs> seemed to me okay we're back to the Rick Jameses uh, <laughs> and stuff like that I, I wasn't um I wasn't overly impressed with their use, it has to be said. Do you know, it, maybe what it is is that we see actors who weren't... You know, when we see performances that aren't great, it's tempting to bring in all aspects... To, 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 uh, to note the ethnicity of the actor as well. But don't forget, we've seen some pretty wicked black actors. Oh, um, yeah. I don't, don't get me wrong. I, they just happen to be bad actors, whether they were black, white, or, yeah, or yeah, any yeah. other colour. But um, I, I just think that this time round, it was it was terrible. Uh, it, it, it was really bad. But ha- having said that, you know, I, I don't think... I mean, aside from Noel Clark, who really grew into the character mm. of, uh, of Mickey, there are, there are any other really, you know, altruistic or well-motivated... Oh, Martha as well. I think you've got to say Martha. She was a yeah. nurse. Um, but I, I, I just thought it was an interesting decision. The, the last family uh, that we saw of, uh, of any note was in The End of Time, and I can't remember the name of the actor there, but I seem to remember he's quite a prominent British actor, but they were the cause of all of the problems as well. <laughs> I remember yeah. that too. But, but, also don't, but, <clears throat> but also don't forget, you know, certainly at the end of season three, um, all of Martha's fa- all of Martha's family were, were extremely heroic. You know, they were doing some very doing some very hard work for a very long time. Mm, that's very true. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, so, so right. So we have we have things we have things to discuss. Um, shall, we, shall we shall we play our spoiler warning, gents? Just just to make certain that the rest of the episode is completely covered. Cool. <laughs> In case we go into spoilery territory. Spoilers. Spoilers. First cab off the rank, Tom, you mentioned it a little bit earlier about um, our North American cousins already having access to the entire Series 7 on Blu-ray uh, due to a, I think they're calling it a production error. Um, BBC America 
customers who pre-ordered the set have already received it and it has a certain episode on the end of it that hasn't even screened on uh, U of K screens yet, namely Name of the Doctor. Now, I'm, I'm going to call out a big fail. I mean, this, this is the failure of the internet. This thing's been out for two or three days in hands of American Doctor Who fans and no one's put it up on the internet to download yet. Massive fail <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Well, do you really, really want to see it? Yes, I do. It's the season finale. I want to see what all the fuss is about. I want to see it now. I want to see it on my big screen. And I want to know before everyone else. Why should the Americans be the only ones who know? Well, because the, Amer- because the American shipping agents aren't very good at doing their jobs, clearly. Um, unlike, <laughs> unlike the staunchly efficient um, British, uh, British contingent. Now, I, mean, look, I, I know that we get to watch these... Uh, some of these episodes a little bit early. Thank you very much, BBC Previews Unit. Um, but I kind of reconciled myself to having to wait a couple of weeks to see the finale. And I, I will be honest, I did sit at my machine and I did have a bit of a poke around the internet last night. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, oh, well, do you really want to know? It's like it's like opening, opening your Christmas presents early. Oh, Tom, you've, you've fallen off that high horse. The only reason you're expounding this particular viewpoint is because you couldn't find it yourself Pretty much. <laughs> if, if you found it last night you, you'd be sitting there leaping and, and, and giggling and saying I've seen it I've seen it well all I will say and, we've, and we have played the spoiler warning right absolutely yeah, very loudly yeah, yeah, yeah. right 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 all I will say is that I in fact I know I know it's in the I know it's in one of the inserts that I sent in a couple of weeks ago um, some of the predictions that have been made are true and there's one surprise which which many people would have hoped was true, <laughs> which, which is fair enough, I think. But of course, we don't know what it is because Stephen Moffat's running around talking into every possible microphone he can, being the smug git that he is, saying, "Oh, isn't it funny seeing all these Doctor Who fans, you know, trying to find this stuff? You know, they're all wrong, and you know, blah 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 blah." He he is such a smug little man. <laughs> sick. I I am sick to death of seeing interviews with Stephen Moffat at the moment because he's like a guy who's got all the lollies in his jar. And he's not going to let anyone have one. He's just going to sit there and hold on to them in full view. He knows exactly what's going on in Doctor Who, of course, as do the entire production team. But, you know, he's not sharing one well, little bit, but he's quite happy to rub it in. Well, just, just because you're, um, you know, you clearly like hearing Stephen Moffat so much. Let's play an interview now uh, that he gave to a guy who pushed a microphone in his face on the red carpet at the BAFTAs last night as we were recording this, where Stephen Moffat talks about those rumours. Celebrating an astonishing landmark for a Doctor Who, I mean, how, how important is it to have that celebrated here at BAFTA? Well, um, it's, one of the, it's one of the absolute extraordinary success stories of television, Doctor Who, isn't it? It's one of the very few times that television's created a character for itself that's gone on to that mythic status. You know, it, it usually borrows Sherlock Holmes <coughs> or other things from, from, other, from, from literature. To have a character created by television for television that has become uh, of mythic status uh, and become a sort of cultural landmark in the country is remarkable. Not down to me, of course, down to the genius of Verity Lambert and her team. People already getting excited about the 50th anniversary. Um, what, what motivated you to decide to put it in 3D? What do you think that's going to add to the, the anniversary? Well, it's the only show with the box that is actually bigger on the inside, isn't it? So uh, if you can actually got your technology to make your television bigger on the inside, it sort of goes with Doctor Who, surely. What's bringing back some of the fan favourites in David and Billy? Um, how important was it to have them involved in this special moment? Well, do you know, uh, all I've ever revealed about what we're doing, Doctor Who, is anything that we filmed outside. 
so I, I mean, I'm rather reticent about what's actually in that. I know I notice people are making up stuff about who and what is or is not in that special. Uh, you're just going to have to wait until November to find out the truth. What's your favourite rumour then? What's the one that's completely rubbish that you love and find most amusing? Oh, nice try, but I'm not telling you. Um, I mean, most of them are quite fanciful, and some of them are entertainingly angry. Uh, people who make up their own theories uh, about what is or is not in the special and then make a YouTube film about how angry they are about their own theory. Um, if you're ever bored of an evening, I, I recommend it as a, <laughs> as a form of self-entertainment. So there you have it, uh, Stephen Moffat once again, uh, mixing it up a little bit. But uh, I, I do think the interviewers were, were quite clever in the way that they termed their question. And I thought we were going to get a bit more of a substantive answer there. But it's interesting to say that Stephen Moffat is just reading all of these rumours. Uh, and, and there are so many. There are so many um, internet blogs that postulate certain theories. Uh, we've talked about what's happening so many times, what might be happening. There are lots of other Doctor Who podcasts doing exactly the same thing. And Stephen Moffat says, yeah, it's, it's a great evening's entertainment if you just sit there and <laughs> sift through all these theories on the on the net but uh, but what he did say very clearly i think is that the only stuff that he's had to make announcements about or talk about in an official capacity are, are the location shoots for the 50th anniversary everything else mm. everything else which is in the studio he's not commented on so it is just conjecture he's just trying to string it out a bit he's just trying to placate fans that are already whinging that there's no classic doctors in in the 50th anniversary he, he's just trying to string it out for long enough and then the episode will screen and then people will whinge anyway what whatever they get for the 50th but uh, i think he's just trying to quiet it down a little bit this is the thing the vocal fans and i've got to, and i've got and i've got to say it is the vocal fans on the forums will never be will always be divided in their opinions i mean and let's okay let's be fair whoever's listening to this is clearly a hardcore fan <laughs> because if you're into if you're into Doctor Who, you're going to go looking for the podcast as well as watching the show, and you might even contribute to the podcast. You might even start your own. Fantastic, but it, sometimes I mean, I've learned the lesson: do not go into the rate threads on Gallifrey Base. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, funny you said that earlier, but you know, I I never used to be on Gallifrey Base at all. I didn't mm. even go and used to read anything. And I and, and since you've you've talked about Gallifrey Base a lot, and mm. it's not just you. I know Ian's very involved in it as well. I've joined and I've lurked. I've not posted a single post, but don't, don't post. And, and I won't. But I'll tell you something. Our forum isn't it a nice little friendly forum by yeah. comparison? <laughs> I mean, people throw virtual yeah. rocks at each other in Gallifrey Base. I, I was quite shocked at what's allowed, and and the moderation is is almost like you know you, you've got these Blake Seven guards with guns ready to shoot you if you put you know a, a foot wrong. Well, I thought we might need one of our own Blake Seven type moderators on one of our particular threads recently. <laughs> we, we seem to be, be, be having a few people uh, voicing their opinions about, well, us, basically, haven't we? Oh, really? Well, you, Trevor, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? Us. <laughs> We're all in this together, guys. Come We're on, out. us. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, it, it's interesting. I mean, again, once... <laughs> When you articulate your view on anything about Doctor Who, of course it's our own opinion, and it's certainly anything that we talk about on the podcast, it's our own opinion, and, and we're not going to begin every single sentence in our opinion. So there are going to be times when we say things, it's going to come across as that we're saying facts, and that's just natural conversation. And I think sometimes when you criticise um, an episode, or you don't like an episode, um, or you've not been enjoying a run of episodes, as, as Trevor and I haven't been 
enjoying 7B as much as previous episodes. Oh, it's a shame. Then it, it, it yes, yes, it is a shame. Um, it but is it, a shame. But it's yes, a fact. I but totally it agree. doesn't necessarily mean that we hate the show. It doesn't mean that uh, you know we've we've got any. Um, bad intent towards anybody who writes the show or is involved in the production is simply that we don't enjoy it Um, and and I think it's fantastic that we've got a forum for people to come and debate these things Um, but yeah it's been getting kind of juicy so uh, so if you haven't checked out our forum (laughs) go and have a look it's a good time to get involved and uh, you too can poke Trevor and rub him up the wrong way I've got to say, it, it, Stephen Moffat and before, and Russell T Davies before him have a very unusual find themselves in a very unusual position with Doctor Who. Um, if you think about John Nathan Turner and you think about any of the showrunners that that, that existed before um, the, the the return of the new show, it was the feedback mechanisms were, were were mediated by time. You know, if you wanted to write a letter, you could do. If you wanted to join Dwas, you could do. If you wanted to share an opinion, then it, then it was that was pretty much localized. Now, certainly in you know since. 2005, there is the internet and there is this feedback mechanism which is instantaneous and global. Uh, what is interesting and, and some fans don't like this having, point, having, having this pointed out to them is that when you go to some of the rate threads, and I will also be, you know, get, I would like to say, if you've not been to Gallifrey Base, go. It's fantastic. It's like a city. <laughs> It's like, there are bits of it. Despite what we've all just said well, in the last five minutes, go. Despite, yeah. Yeah, despite, despite those comments, yeah. But it's like a city. There are bits of it that you, you, you would only, like in any city, there are, only, there are bits of it you would only go to if you were brave and knew the city. But there are other bits which are public and really enjoyable. I mean, I'll say it again the Velvet Web is fantastic. Um, there's also um, the In Memoriam forum, which is just really, truly lovely. In it. Um, but, but yeah, my point being, there's great places on there. There's a couple of dodgy ones, but there's. Great, great conversations to be had. My point being that some fans don't like the idea that they are actually in a minority. Nine million people, anywhere between six and nine million people will watch the show. You've got, I think, what is it? Is it 30,000 odd people on Gallifrey Base? And- uh, it's about 60, but you're right. Your point still stands. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so 60,000. Then when you go to one of the rate threads and you look at the people who grade it, um, who grade a show five or lower then it's less than 0.01% of the entire audience. And, exactly. And, you know, as, as Stephen Muffet would say, why would you care what those people think? You know, it's, it's, it's 0.01%. Um, the, the place that I think it, where, where you might be a bit, where people, content producers might be a bit more concerned would be on the big finish threads because some of the, because the audience, the audience for, for big finish is, it, it is a little less it, it, well the numbers are lower let's be clear about that the numbers are lower so what gets said on forums is pretty much the actual listenership talking directly to you um, but what is interesting is to see the amount of big finishisms that wind up in the TV wind up in the TV show I cannot be the only person who watched Nightmare and um, watched Nightmare and Silver saw Warwick Davis and thought this is not this is the Silver Turk yeah Ian mentioned it as well when he saw it mm-hmm. but I mean it, whether or not it's uh, you know a rip-off or whether or it's something that Gaiman liked and wanted to use I'm not sure but if I had to lay money I think it's an utter coincidence Mm. we shall shall see but 
But again, I mean, um, I'd, I'd, do you know what I'd say, guys? It, our forum's lovely. Go there. It's nice and fun. Um, but also, if, you, if you're feeling brave, get into Gallifrey Base. But like I say, just treat it like a city. Don't go down the docks at night because you might find something you don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, just, just going back to what we were talking about um, a, a few minutes ago, yeah, this yeah. Um, North American release, the early release due to this distribution error, um, the, the name of the Doctor. Stephen Moffat and Ed Russell have responded to this and I'm interested to, in what both of you think of, of this response and that's that they're going to release uh, a special video featuring David Tennant and Matt Smith after the name of the Doctor has transmitted in the UK if the secrets that are contained within probably the last five minutes are not leaked early. Right, so then we're not going to see it because anybody who's got access to Twitter can go and read those secrets right now. There, there are already certain Twitter accounts that people are warning not to go near because they're because they're spewing out spoilers about name of the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's that. There's, someone's also uh, someone's also done some claims to have done some transcription of the last few moments um, as well. Ah, I see. I didn't know ah, that. Either. That's a Doctor Who fan for you, isn't it? Wow. Sitting there with pen and paper and writing down the dialogue. Oh, there you, see, go. you see, this is different to the way um, the Asylum of the Dalek secrets were kept because they were screened. I think there was about four screenings up and down the UK and a couple in America, but they, they, they weren't screened to vast audiences. The BFI holds a few hundred people at most. This time around, I mean, there haven't been any official numbers. Uh, released or published but they're saying a small number of people who have ordered the season seven part b and it's only part b again um in america have received theirs early it's three weeks early as well so i i don't know i mean as as who fans i i i never buy split series in segments i will always wait until the complete box set is released so the people who have got to see these episode this episode early probably aren't the Die hard fans, or what they could be. I suppose they could oh, be completely. No, 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 but that's the thing. They, they abs- but absolutely they I would are. think the exact opposite. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, because mm. because if you mm. if you can't wait, you're right. You, you know, James, the thing you're saying is the pragmatic thing. It's what I do. You don't wait for Christmas, you know. Um, but if if you're a die hard fan, you that's it. You pre-ordered it. That's it. It's right there. You you want it the day it comes out. Well, so perhaps. perhaps so yeah. so I, I, what I what I want to believe, what I actually want to believe, even after having failed myself by having a quick poke and not finding anything. Um, is that when if when the showrunner says please don't tell anyone you know save it for Saturday as it were um, that most fans will respond to that now I, you know, Trevor you're saying that you can get hold of it down the internet if you if you look in the right places oh well I, I haven't found those right places but I've I've heard rumours that people have found them in the right places um, I promise not to tell anyone I promise to remain completely stum about name of the Doctor I just want someone to give me a call <laughs> is this about like little, like gang theory again you know it's, maybe maybe it's that it goes back to that thing of being a Doctor Who fans in the, in the eighties when if you were a Doctor Who fan it went belonging to a pretty small gang um, and then but and, and now doing the podcast you belong to like a little gang and, and but but you know but the family of Doctor Who because it's not being a gang it's not being a family expands but there are some but there are a few events you know so like James like you say like the BFI screenings or like interviews or like access to content producers um, and uh, and actors that, that put you back in that gang a little bit and so so maybe what's you know what I'm seeing or maybe what I was feeling for a few minutes last night was the, was the, was the idea, oh, I could be in the little gang that's seen it. But it's like, actually, no, I'd rather be in the big gang that enjoys it on, on Saturday. Trev wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair I, I've got to say, I'm not too bothered about it either. Um, because, you know, it, 
what, what watching Doctor Who these days because we do the podcast is slightly different anyway. We don't yeah. watch them on transmission for the first time, um, and and having to you know wait until the day of transmission because that's fairly novel in its own right now i i i don't mind i can live with it um there's no way i'd want to see an incomplete uh, version and neither would i want to see um a u.s edited version and i know some of the dvds that get released on region one are you know are not identical to the releases that come out over here uh, in in the uk and europe and i want to make certain i see the one that's transmitted in the uk because as far as i'm concerned rightly or wrongly that's the definitive version look let's have a gossip Vote. Have you seen the Have you seen the BBC America prequel? Yeah, I've seen it once. Uh, he said, she said, yeah. Yes, no, 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 no. The tra- the trailer one. I've seen the prequel, but not the trailer. I saw oh. the trailer that went out on BBC One last night, and that's that's it. There's another one. There's two. There's two. Uh, the the Ooh, other one okay. is just phenomenal. It's great. It, it, oh, it, okay. As much as I enjoyed the um, oh look at the pictures of your of your past selves that were static. In Nightmare and Silver, there's something much, 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 much better going on. Much better going on next week. If I could, from from the from the from the like, oh, the the, the one second, yeah, because I think it is. It's literally one second of action that I've seen. I can extrapolate what will take place. I can share it with you if you like. Absolutely. Yeah. Go right. for it. Clara in seventies gear and Bessie drive and a yellow car drives by really quickly. Oh, I've seen screen grabs of that, <laughs> mate. Yeah, I've seen screen I've grabs of that because that at they're all. actually. Because there's screen grabs of um, of Clara and Bessie, and they're also pointing out the tree in the background mm. is exactly the same as the one from Five Doctors in that scene. So it's like they've taken screen grab and they've actually digitally inserted Clara yep. in a scene from Five Doctors. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is it. All I'm saying is, I, she's wearing seventies kit and a yellow roadster drives by. That's all I'm saying. Wow. And and this is in a trailer? Yes. Oh, God. What are they doing? That would be so much better if indeed it's what we think it is or what it sounds like listening to you describe it. It's, uh, what, just just seeing it. Well, see, this, this is the thing. Looking at it, it's like, it, it's one of those blink and you miss it things. It's like, hang on a minute. That was, and then you go, because, well, because I'm a Doctor Who fan. You go back and you look, and it's like, oh, it's a little yellow car. She's oh, wearing wow. 70s gear, which immediately makes, which to me immediately goes, right. So with the black and white ones, will she be in black and white? <laughs> <laughs> should be really, uh, but then again, an adventure in time and space should be in black and white, but it's not going to be. <laughs> oh, that's something else to look forward to. Yeah. When Gates and yes. Cole Hill score with Ian Chesterton's name as the headmaster. Uh, Stephen mentioned this on the yep. show a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I hadn't seen it at that point. I have now, mm. and it looks beautiful. It's an absolute replica. What, of, uh, of what we see, can we get William William Russell? Oh, can we not get them in? Well, again, well, is he? That's that's my point. He may well be. Mm. I mean, he's um, he's definitely got a part in an adventure in time and space. We know that because mm. it's been confirmed and announced. So it's it's perfectly possible that Ian Chesterton is going to be seen. But it's also perfectly possible for there to be several scenes shots that show what happens to the companions. Because whilst all Doctor Who fans are getting very irate and upset about the fact that there aren't going to be any classic Doctors in the anniversary special, despite the fact they look extremely old or too different to appear now. The Companions is something else entirely, and there's no reason why we can't visit them further on down their life. And I think that might be something that's being kept a secret and that fans aren't really focusing on. And John Hurt, the ninth Doctor, yeah. He, yeah, oh, we've got to talk about that. <laughs> we've got to talk oh, about that. Oh, yeah, what a juicy dangler that, that is, I tell you. Yeah. That that wonderful John Hurt rumour that's floating around at mm. the moment about who exactly John Hurt is playing the 50th anniversary. Mm. That 
is probably the only thing about Doctor Who lately that has really excited me. Because if it's true, I, I think it's going to be fantastic. We're going to have we're going to have to talk about it and explain it. Trevor, go on, tell us. Yeah. Tell everybody. Oh well, okay, okay. We've seen the set photos of John Hurt in in his costume, uh, you know, very steampunky type, long coat type of thing. But what John Hurt has said, he's not playing a Doctor. He's playing the ninth Doctor, which is. Which 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 just absolutely blows my mind. Mm. Uh, apparently, what they're saying is that the Chris Eccleston's Doctor isn't the Ninth Doctor. He's going to be the Tenth Doctor, and it's going to be something about um, the the Doctor's shame and being involved with the Time War has made him forget that particular incarnation of his life, and and that John Hurt is the true. Ninth Doctor. Now that just absolutely blows my mind. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd only heard this rumour um, yesterday or the day before. Leeson sent me a, a, a link actually saying, have you heard this? And before I knew what I was doing, I was reading about John Hurt potentially being the, uh, the real Ninth Doctor. And, and looking at the photograph, because there's a photo, isn't there? There's a location shoot of John Hurt and yes, he's dressed yes. in what appears to be a hybrid of the Eighth and Ninth Doctor's costume. Um, so it, and, and again, he has been slightly indiscreet in, in, in the way that he talked about the role that he played. And he was talking to mm. a very small newspaper. I think it was uh, somewhere up in East Anglia. And he said, yeah, I, I play I play two aspects of the Doctor or something like that. I'm, I'm sure I'm misquoting. But uh, it was it was all centred around him playing the Doctor. And the Time War, uh, again, the Time War apparently... Uh, according to an unnamed source, which is probably extremely unreliable, uh, is is responsible for <laughs> it. And so, basically, <laughs> in the same way that Tom Baker was replaced with a waxwork very, very briefly, we're, we're replacing Christopher Eccleston with John Hurt. You know, like in your <laughs> face, Eccleston. <laughs> I get. Do you know? What? I, I get the feeling that there'll be some sort of hand wavy explanation to, to to clear it all up, like the temporal embolism. Um, and yeah. you know, maybe if the story is going the way it's supposed to, what you'll what you'll get is okay, um, all right. Well, we've we've created you, and all, but in order to get rid of you, we have to get rid of the entire time war, and this means that that yeah, that you, you never really existed. Da, 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 da. So we'll see what goes on. We'll see what goes on. I I love the idea though. I love the idea. Mm, same here. Mm. Well, the chance, well, the chance that like, he might be easier to get back on screen than, than, the, than the actual Ninth Doctor actor. <laughs> <laughs> I still think someone should have just really you know, made a waxwork of Christopher Eggleston really quickly and kind of dangled him between David Tennant and Matt Smith's shoulders and just released that for, for publicity. Isn't that the ultimate way for a production team to get around actors that might be a bit yeah. shy or reticent about returning to Doctor Who? Not that we're going to cast a lookalike of you. We're just going to recast you with someone that looks totally different yes. and put something in the story to explain it absolutely brilliant well, this is, brilliant but that's the thing though he, if he is the ninth doctor that makes Eccleston the tenth that's right yeah exactly that's, yeah that, that, that's fine you know if you say but yeah so oh, well maybe maybe oh no it's not i can hear thousands of fans all over the world wringing their hands in frustration they're going to have to redo their guidebooks <laughs> redo their websites uh, probably in some cases rename their podcasts i mean what about all the people that say 10 doc hmm. i mean you can't say eleven doc now. It it, it it just doesn't work. But that's just the kind of thing Stephen Moffat and actually Russell T. Davies would have really enjoyed doing. I mean I, I get the impression Stephen Moffat does he, he's quite antagonistic. 
And if if someone doesn't play ball, then he thinks, okay, I'm I'm, I'm really gonna you know change all of Doctor Who canon here to make up for for your absence. Obviously, I'm still thinking about his comments directed towards um, Christopher Eccleston, or at least his thoughts anyway. And I, mm. I I think it's a brilliant way to address Eccleston saying no thank you very much and I quite like the idea of having John Hurt as canon I have to say I really do well I I, I, I get the feeling that by the time we get to the end again we don't know do we we don't know who's going to be in it we don't know what the plot is we know there's a Zygon we know there's at least 10 we know there's a bit of Rose we don't know how long she's in it for What we can, he might well, be 11 it might be okay. It might, it might be eleven, but <laughs> it might be eleven. I get the feeling that all of the toys will be back in the in the same place when it's time for when it's time because there's ten and up. There's ten point five, isn't there, or eleven point five? Um, I'm, I get the feeling that there'll be, as I say, a hand wavy explanation to to make it all to make it all right uh, by the end of the special, which 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 itself is probably going to be ninety minutes. Who knows? Well, I think the only thing we can do all as a collective team here, guys, is to go around to every website that sells DVDs and Blu-rays and place a pre-order for the 50th anniversary, in the hopes that we might get it a month earlier. Anyway, we've got one thing more that we should be talking about, and that's Stephen Moffat confirming season eight is going ahead. And uh, I I have a quote here. (laughs) Yes, that's another question entirely. Uh, But up until this point, particularly in the rather unfortunate way Doctor Who magazine talked about this in the last... um, the last edition, um, they, they they threw fandom, you know, up in the air a little bit by by talking about season eight in terms of it possibly coming about. But uh, but Stephen Moffat says this is one thing that has just seems to have slipped by. So I can say it very firmly: series eight is absolutely, definitely confirmed. It's real and it's happening. I get people telling me it's not really happening. It really, definitely, honestly is oh and you lucky devils out there he'll say you're you're getting a whole six episodes (laughs) in series eight and they'll be 20 minutes long each my god you should consider yourself so lucky that you're getting doctor who series which which kind of goes back to uh to to tom's comment when are we going to get it and and how much of it are we going to get when it does arrive? You can't please Doctor Who fans, no matter what you do. You get okay. Look, there'll be more Doctor Who. How much? How much will it be? Um, okay, it'll be forty. The episode will be forty-five minutes long. How many will there be? There'll be nine, but it'll be split. There'll be there'll be fourteen that we split over two seasons. That's not enough. How much would you like? We'd like it on every well, that's Saturday. That's enough. So, oh, uh, it's you, not enough. You're talking about over two years. Are those figures uh, that you mentioned just examples there, or do you know it, you heard something about being nine? Or it, it's just about this whole idea that you can, whatever you say to Doctor Who. To, to Doctor Who fandom, do you know what? 99, 90, 97, I say no, not even that. Ninety-eight percent of the people you say it to will go like, "That's great, smart." There's two percent that will be like, they'll be sat there moaning, 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 moaning. But hey, fair enough. That's what we're here for. It's just those two percent that want a minimum thirteen episodes a year. That's what we're used to, even with Modern Who. Let's get thirteen or fourteen episodes a year. Let's have a nice, reasonably long season, even though it could be longer. But hey, thirteen's fine. But, you, but look, you were. Th- but we're not getting that. We haven't been getting that for years, and it's disappointing. It. I mean, this isn't a show that doesn't make any money. This isn't a show that isn't popular. This isn't a show that has a, that doesn't have a massive fan base. It's Doctor Who. 
why aren't they making more Doctor Who? Because the showrunner is also responsible for Sherlock, and it costs a shed load of money to make. Whatever it generates, it makes money, definitely. But the, but the way that... My, James, I think you know this, and, I think, and I'm, I'm sure Leeson does as well. Um, the way that the, the cash flow works is not, the, is not that, oh, it, it gets lots of viewers, the brand the branding pulls in lots of money, we'll plow it straight back into the dock. It doesn't work like that. Um, you, we, we, all three of us were there in the dark days when it was like, okay, well, let's get our... Uh, our phonograph recordings of Genesis of the Daleks out and remember what it looked like. You you were there in the dark days when all you had was the VHS of of uh, Pyramids of Mars, and you were there in the dark days when there was just no Doctor Who at all. I now live in a world where if I want to see new Doctor Who, it's on. If I want to watch Doctor Who from the last five years, it's on. Oh really? Yeah. If oh really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If I want to, if if I want to, if I if I want new. Try Do- and say that to me in June, Tom. <laughs> Try and say that to me in June. Uh, Come in on. Ju- in June, I'll be sat there listening to the big to, to the three big finish releases that I get. No, 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 you wear, let, let's talk about televised Doctor Who. I mean, Doctor Who might actually have a chance of still being on in June if we got 13 episodes this year. But no, we get, what, <laughs> six, seven? Shocking. When, I, is, I, when is the um, Adventure in Space and Time coming out? November. Okay, so let's think. June, July, August, November, September, October. Oh, what, I've got to wait, I've got to wait four, eight, twelve, six, I've got to wait 16 weeks. I, I, I think it's true. There is, there is, Definitely less Doctor Who being made. There's there's no question of it. That's because you just count the number of episodes. But what Tom says is right as well, in as much as the way the BBC make these things, it's not as if the profit from one particular episode goes straight back into the Doctor Who budget. No, I think it probably should I'm... do. I've got to be honest, I think it probably should do. It goes directly to BBC Worldwide. And BBC Worldwide end up then apportioning it back to programme makers. And sadly, the budget they get is not directly correlated to the amount of revenue it generates. And I think that is a real shame. Mm. I also think it's a flawed business model. And as a result, combined with the fact that you very rightly said, Tom, Stephen Moffat has hands in different pies. um, Mm. And that's the reason it's leading to the net results of less episodes of Doctor Who. Um, yeah, okay. Yes, of course, they can put their gloss on it. They can put a spin on it to say that, you know, they're going to have more cliffhangers or season cliffhangers. But ultimately, yeah, you know, they're only recording, or not recording, they're only filming two episodes of Doctor Who in 2013. Personally, I don't think that's really enough for something that generates as much revenue as, mm. as Doctor Who. Yeah. And, uh, and secondly, I think it's too long. It's too long for people to wait especially after you go for crazy marketing campaigns in America, really, really to boost up a series of Doctor Who. It was season six, it really started. And then you just reward all of those people you've pulled in with a total of 14 episodes in two years, you know, or what will be, it'd be about 16, I think, in total. I, I, I just, I don't understand it, but I do understand that the BBC is a very complex beast and it yeah. quite frequently <laughs> makes illogical and irrational decisions. It doesn't mean that Doctor Who fans have got no Doctor Who to look forward to, but I think it certainly means that there's a lot less than certainly this Doctor Who fan <laughs> would like to see. And I know I know Trev feels the same, but it's, it's, mm. it's going to be something that we're going to look back on in five or ten years when Doctor Who has been off the screens for a few years. Yeah. And we'll say... Was that a good move? Was that a sensible thing to do with a, a, a fundamentally a, 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 
a cash generator in a recession to cut back well, on it? I want. I don't know. So this is the thing. I, 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 I clearly, I go it, at base at base level. I agree with both of you. You know, it's, it's, but I think maybe what I'm doing is I'm thinking that some is better than none, and more would be more would be better than some. But I'm thinking that some is better than none. It's kind of like a half full analogy, I think. Um, but you're right. I mean, I wonder, and I, I, you know, if someone who knows better about these things can maybe write in and tell us. But I wonder if the revenues generated uh, from the show by BBC Worldwide are what is paying for the publicity. And I wonder if extended viewing numbers in, say, in other territories might be held up as being the thing to say, well, look, can we now have someone to, with no disrespect to the showrunner because he's doing a brilliant job, but can we now have someone who has less, fewer commitments um, and and who can maybe... I, I agree. Now that I I'm really with you. First of all, I, I will just answer a question because I know the answer to it. BBC Worldwide do not fund marketing or okay. brand or branding. Fine. That's okay. that comes out of the program's budgets. Right. Okay. Uh, that's why you've got a brand manager for for the for, for Doctor Who as opposed to a BBC publicity person. Okay. Um, they do have those too, but they they work on lots of different shows. Well, it's been fun being in the camper van again, and we should we should sign off in a very traditional way, which is to say, um, although the finale has leaked onto the internet, we haven't seen it. Um, there's Twitter, so people can go and find out about it. Um, I haven't really read that much. Um, I know, and, and I'm guessing the majority of people who are listening today haven't seen it or read anything either. So we're going to play the game of trying to work, of just trying to call out a couple of events. Um, should we go for two each? Oh goodness! <laughs> I don't. I I don't think I even have one each. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we'll, we'll, okay, let's say we'll, we'll have two each. We'll do it in two rounds. Um, my first, the first thing I'm going to say is something that I've already said previously this season, which is um, that cut that is, which is that um, Clara splits herself into lots of different pieces at the end of this story, but she winds up back in the Doctor's timeline. So she, um, so the Asylum of the Daleks and the Snowmen Claras actually come from the Doctor's future, um, and we're going to see how that all transpires uh, this week. I think. Okay. Can I, can I go next? Because yeah, everyone yeah. kind of ties into that. I'm, I'm going to develop that a little bit and kind of nick somebody else's theory as well. Um, Stephen was on last week and he talked about Clara being the perfect companion. He is, well, She is precisely what the Doctor needs at any one given point in time. Hmm. So I want to take that one because <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense. And it also accounts for the way Clara's personality is slightly different in the episodes that we've seen so far. Hmm. Um, but but I also think that the mystery of Clara is in her personal future as well. And um, I, I think that was drawn out in Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS in these futuristic versions of the characters being all burnt still don't quite know why they were so keen to kill uh, <laughs> people who were still living but i think that showed us that the mystery is going to be solved in the future so we yeah. may end up oh we may we may have seen part of that future already so there I, you are i don't really know you see i'm having to make these things up as no, I go I'm, along. no I'm, I'm with you i i think that the Clara that we've met in the past, in the Doctor's past, comes from his and her comes from his and her future. She doesn't know she's yes. going to do it all yet. Um, I th- and, and, and what I wanted to say was that it's it's um, it's almost like she's a tidier version of River Song. 
maybe. Okay, Trevor, <laughs> how about you? Oh, I I honestly have no idea. I mean, I've I've expanded my theories on who I think Clara is. I think she's a TARDIS. I mean, she could even be a a Watcher type figure like the Doctor, perhaps. I Ooh, I, okay. I don't know. Well, I did mention that, but it it, it was more in jest, I suppose. I'm not really sure, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I find it interesting that you talk about certain stories we've seen could be in her past, some in her future. Um, no, the, the, I'm just no, not the, sure they're, how... They're in the Doctor's how... past, but they're in Clara's future. Okay, I'm, I'm just not sure how we get from her being in the Snowman to her being in Asylum of the Daleks. I, I, that's, that's the big leap for me at the moment. Um, so that's why I'm hesitant to come up with another theory because i'm i'm totally out i'm totally spent i have no idea i've just had another idea you can have mine if you want (laughs) okay all right can i have another one can i be cheeky oh oh, oh, okay well i should wait my turn really then shouldn't i no no no. (laughs) okay very quickly then the name of the doctor Right now, I I first I misread this title to start with. I thought it was in the name of the Doctor, and that made me think of well, okay, Moffat likes doing things that's based on you know other things. Journey to the Center of the Tardis, Journey to the Center of the Earth, um, you know, Lion, Witcher, Wardrobe, etc. I thought this was in the name of the Father. I thought it was a riff on that. Just the saying in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three versions of the same entity. And we got the 50th anniversary. Coming yeah, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. And yeah, how did that tie in? But then I saw it was actually called the name of the Doctor, so it might have absolutely nothing to do with it at all. <laughs> but that was that was something I thought about a while ago. And uh, James, <laughs> forgot to mention James. Hello. You you know how you offered me that that theory? You want it now? You you can have it back. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. Time Lords, I think there'll, there'll be time. There'll be more Time Lords, and there'll be well, actually, no. Let's not let's not have that. Um, there will be a huge cliffhanger which leads into the uh, the fiftieth anniversary. I think that's kind of taken as red, but you know, we might find out who Clara is. We might someone might find out the name of the Doctor. Probably won't be us, but someone will find out the name of the Doctor. Um, but there'll be a huge cliffhanger. I mean, a bit, just a, a nice big one. We'll see what goes on. Trends of law. I, I, surely there'll be, you know, I, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't looked yet, but I'm sure someone's done a run it through an anagram meter to find out what it, to see if it, if it means something else. <laughs> I haven't even thought of doing that this time, but yeah. uh, but we'll see. The fall of the 11th is referred to, maybe that's because he's not really the 11th, he's the 12th, <laughs> because John what? Hurt fits in. Uh, so uh, yeah, who, who tw- knows? He would, he would have been the 12th. The 11th regeneration, so he's the 12th. The fall of the 11th. Oh, that's, that might be it. The fall of the 11th regeneration. Mm. That, can, yeah. that can still work rather than the 10th regeneration. We'll it see. could too. I, I, I think we're, uh, we're really putting it here, <laughs> to be honest. But we'll see. I certainly agree with you in, in as much as we won't have everything wrapped up by the end of The Name of the Doctor. No. And uh, we're going to be diving into a, a, another new mystery for the anniversary special but I'd also think it's going to be much more light-hearted in tone than uh, than a lot of the episodes that we've been seeing recently. Well, yeah, I, I, honestly I'm, I'm sure some fans and, and I mean this is the 0.001% want the slasher movie but it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. I, mean, I hope it never happens. Hyde is the closest we'll get to that, I think. Yeah, that can work. That can work. <laughs> okay, Tom, it's been great to have you back in the caravan uh, to to argue with Trevor and I once again. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's been a while. 
Well, yeah, it has been, and it, I've missed it. So I have to say, I've been finding myself agreeing with Trevor far too much recently. Well, okay, that's what the, that's why I'm here. Apparently, the, the, I, I got this, this bell started ringing. Apparently, the balance of the force was a bit upset, so I had, to, I had to come and sit here and just set everything straight again. Indeed. Well, you are going to be back in a few days' time to review the name of the Doctor with yes. Trevor. It'll be the three of us once again. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so we spoke of uh, an unholy trinity earlier on. We will be returning in just a few days' time. And in the meantime, bye for now, everybody. Take it easy. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. That was the Doctor Who Podcast, which you can find at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. If you have any feedback, please send it into feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and via the Doctor Who Podcast forums. Thank you for listening. Take care.